Oof. All right. Let's see. What do we got in the bags here? We got uh, we got the sunscreen. Oh, uh, we got the sunscreen. Okay. Okay. Uh, oh, we man. got the beach. We got the beach chairs. Sweet. Yeah, we got the beaches, man. I'm so excited for this vacation, man. I know, right? We could really use it after the fucking year we've had. I know, uh, right? What about uh, umbrellas? We got umbrellas. Yeah, we got the umbrellas. All right. Just looking through here. Uh, crucifix. We got the crucifix. Very uh, good. Yeah. W- w- wait. Um. Um. Let's see. Okay, salt. Well, we got the salt. Salt's needed. Very important. Uh, well, yeah, I guess for picnicking on the beach. Yeah. Uh, that's holy water. Did Did you get the holy water? Now it. Uh, I got Dasani. Do we? Why? Why holy water? <laughs> what are oh, we doing with God, that's water? the worst one. All right, we can work with that. Um. <laughs> what, but uh, what, but what, why the holy water? For is there a? What are we doing here? What I didn't we, tell what, you. What are you packing? I didn't tell you. We're going. We're going Wait. to the beach. Wait, is that? But, are these the urns from, from your Infinity Pool trip? What? Are, where are we going? We're not going to the beach, are we? We are going to the beach. We're going to Long Island. We're going to Amityville, Long Island. Oh no! and creepettes welcome to the devil's cut a podcast about all the media that goes bump in the night if it's scary spooky or spine tingling we're here to talk about it i'm matt young your resident man boy possessed by a devil and i'm here with the skeleton everyone should want in their closet eric rossi (laughs) how's it going eric it's good we have a fun and exciting special guest today as well my brother dan hey dan what's up Oh, just you know, on our way to Amityville, I guess. It's uh, <laughs> it's so close to me. It's so incredibly in, close. In, fic- in fiction, <laughs> and in and physically, close on a geological scale. You know, we're all from Jersey, though. <laughs> we're all from Jersey, so it's close to home for all of us, really, in our hearts. <laughs> uh, but yeah, all right, listeners, thanks for tuning in. Uh, for this week, this is the official start of Amityville Summer, which we, you know, gave you a little bit of a sneak peek about a few, um, few weeks ago. How, uh, how we, how we feeling about this one, Rossi? Which one? Oh yeah, you got to specify. Oh right. Oh yeah. Oh my God, Eric. Yeah, Eric. Jesus, this is gonna be this is gonna be a tricky one for me. I'm feeling pretty good about it. Uh, I, I, I was really excited to start digging into this uh, franchise. Uh, I think this first uh three that we have on the docket here which is the original amityville horror the prequel amityville possession and then the sequel to the original uh amityville 3d uh uh yes we really what's it what's a movie series if the third one doesn't have a d at the end of it it's worthless (laughs) (laughs) honestly i just i you know running through my head couldn't think of any I was like, I was like, oh, Jaws three D. Like Shrek three was probably in three D. I uh, you got uh, Fri- Friday the Thirteenth. Was the third one three D? One of them. Nah, was the 3D. third one wasn't three D. It's mm. just incredible to me that that gimmick lasted as long as it did. Like, and then so, like, Cameron brought it back. The red blue three D is such crap. And then that, <laughs> like, you know, in the fifties when you're watching like 
the Tingler or um, House on Haunted Hill, like the um, Vincent Price one. And you're like, well, one thing reaches out of the screen. You're like, oh, my God. And then even through the 90s, it was just like a 3D <laughs> version is just like a little bit deeper uh, um, depth of field. That's it. Yeah, it, it really it, – I mean, it was like just as bad as like fucking Smell-O-Vision, right? Like, oh, here's a sticker. <laughs> Wait for the movie to tell you to sniff it. Smell-O-Vision was always a joke, though. That was John Waters' <laughs> thing. And then Rugrats did it. And then, you know, Disney – Disney World was like. I think Spy Kids we went for a smell vision too. No, they had 3D. I, I mean, I feel like Spy Kids tried it all, man. That was that's a that was a franchise that just kept on kicking. They tried it all. I'm surprised it's not back yet, and we might be, you know, speaking that to exi- into existence right now. Oh uh, yeah, the reboot just just got greenlit <laughs> because we we talked about it. Just it, it it happened because we spoke about it and not in front of a producer. And the worst part about it is it's all gonna be scab writers too because they're gonna go they're gonna make it during the strike. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna go down to Mexico and shoot it there. But uh, but yeah, I mean let's uh let's don't I guess get, give me a get... long pause after saying that that's something against the Mexican people. It's just, you know, it's not known as a union land. Excuse me. <laughs> leave that hanging <laughs> a lot of uh amityville 2 uh amityville 3 as well yeah. uh yeah they were both 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 of them were shot mostly in mexico city uh except for some of like the the like principal like footage of the house which obviously was the one in new jersey that's so it's kind funny. of how they they did all of them that way they shot yeah. the exteriors here in well there in tom's river and yep. then they went back to L.A. to shoot interiors on a soundstage. Exactly. That's so fucking funny. And then that got really expensive. But then spent a lot of time in Mexico City for two and three. Well, because they were all independent production companies. They didn't have <laughs> they didn't have big L.A. money. They were shooting in Tom's <laughs> River. <laughs> yeah, all of these movies, uh, pretty, pretty low budget, all things considered. But uh, yeah, so obviously uh, this week uh, and this whole summer, we'll be discussing uh, the Amityville movies. Do you, uh, Eric Rossi, do you want to uh, give us a little rundown on the history of, of the actual? Yes. I think it's, it's important to uh, at least understand, you know, a little bit of what, uh, what came before the, the novel and the movie and this sprawling franchise. It, uh, it, ha- it has a terrible dark history, and uh, let's dive right in. So, <laughs> with the, oh, I'm so excited. On November 13th, 1974, Ronald DeFeo Jr. shot and killed six members of his family on their Long Island home. One year later, he was convicted of second-degree murder hmm. in November 75. And a month later, George and Kathy Lutz, uh, along with their three children, moved into the house. In just shy of about a month, they fled in fear, claiming to be terrorized by paranormal phenomena. And since vacating, scores of ghost hunters, grifters, mediums, and wannabe journalists alike have swarmed the residents to feed off the tragedy like so many flies to a corpse. Ah, uh, bringing in the flies. Tie, tie in the Absolutely. Flies into you gotta get the flies that. in there. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, pretty, pretty brutal... Uh, murder family annihilation a, 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 a hefty family annihilation because how many uh did you say six members of the family like damn yeah 
Lots of kids. Yeah, there were there were Italian Americans on Long Island. Like they True, were, right? You can't, in the seventies, they didn't come in houses. <laughs> in seventy four, there's a fucking ton of them. Now, so if I like, I don't know if this was just the movie or if this was they were basing this off the actual case. So, like, he shot them all while they were asleep. That is what is that up for debate? That is well, kind of up for debate. You hit it. Yeah. <laughs> You've you pulled the string. You found the first problem, <laughs> which is what has led to everyone being like, why there's so many strange people out there that are like, there's no way Ron did this. <laughs> he couldn't have done it. What he murders? He alone. What? Whether it was the <laughs> devil or an accomplice. No one believes that one guy can just go fucking nuts um just alone living his life <laughs> in 1970s long island couldn't possibly have uh... he's not exactly lee harvey oswald okay <laughs> <laughs> the uh the first film spawned seven sequels a remake which is good and a sequel to the remake we'll which i have not tracked down yet but i'm very interested in really a sequel to the ryan reynolds uh that's remake? according to my research interesting and this is and (laughs) and those are only the like official sort of like through line yeah this is not to mention the eight other unofficial amityville movies which we will be getting to maybe at the end of the summer you know the yeah the likes of which uh the likes of which feature titles like uh amityville in space (laughs) um Amityville Karen, which I'm quite looking. Oh my god, to. yeah, I saw that one. I was like, I'm so, whoa! I was like, wait, how did five of the eight come out in 2020 or 2021? And and just and just like how uh, a marker of a good horror series uh, includes a 3D movie, where would we be without Amityville in the hood? You have to have an in the hood oh. movie in your series if you're gonna if you're gonna really make it, right? Right, Leprechaun. Leprechaun. There's so many. What's... That's one of the most memorable Leprechaun movies. It's the, it's the best one. It. Like, that one, everyone was like, whoa, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think I think the Amityville series is, is, is has touched on, like, every sort of goofy, stupid, tropey movie sequel title now. We've got In Space. You've got In the Hood. I, I, I really, They've got, I don't like, an know Amityville what Clown. What going to be about, but Amityville Clown. Amityville Moon featuring werewolves. (laughs) Are there Amityville vampires? There's got to be. There has to be. And now if we could get Amityville Moon and Amityville vampires to fight and we get a Twilight situation happening. Now we're really pulling in the money. Now now we're cooking. Yes, 2021 Amityville vampire. (laughs) Beautiful. So to go back to to the actual crime. So what do we like whatever do we ever get any answers from the Lutzes like specifically like why you know like Oh boy. Do they did they still claim to the end that they got scared away by a demon house? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Are all the, the graves right on the hill? Um I don't know uh if the children have come forward as adults and spoken about it anymore but uh they we got all summer to figure yeah. that out. <laughs> <laughs> so bear with us, listeners. So let's do let's let's do some numbers. Let's get back to our our core three here. All right. So yeah. So we're talking about the first three in this series today, uh, beginning with obviously the Amityville Horror, uh, released in 1979. It is 117 minutes. It had a budget of just shy of five million, four million seven hundred thousand. Uh, Damn, and it it 
gross worldwide over its lifespan uh, $86,432,000. Holy shit. It's yeah. the second highest grossing movie of 1979. Only Ooh. to be toppled by uh, the Ninja Turtles movie. No, that's it was the most, it was the highest grossing independent film, independently mm-hmm. produced film, until 1990s uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> the, it, the turtles kicked Amityville's butt. If somebody's coming for the throne, I'll give it. I'll give it to the, the turtles. turtles. <laughs> give it. Give it to. Have him. you watched that recently? I watch that movie at least three times a year. It's the only I, thing that you yeah, can I see behind the like silence. A, a, a year or two ago, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I love that movie. The movie fucking slaps, man. The Foot Clan are the raddest people. Like, yeah, obviously they got every teenager in New York. They're, yeah, that clubhouse was they sick. They got pinball, they got skateboards, they're smoking cigarettes, and there's grown-ups going, you should There's like, you high, should there's like high-end should, strippers in the You corners. should definitely go fucking steal. And they're like, hell yeah. Like, And they got to be ninjas. Like, uh, who It's would, not that different like... from the New York shown in the movie. <laughs> like, if all the people from Washington Square in Kids were underground in an evil lair, you're in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Those are the Foot Clan. <laughs> <laughs> ah, man, to be, to be a, 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 in the Foot Clan. If only. It was a dream. <laughs> um, but yeah, so actually, uh, so Danny's right, this was a uh, the highest grossing independent film for quite some time. Um, it is also I, I I haven't looked further down the line. I'm I'm willing to bet that maybe the the Ryan Reynolds remake uh, uh, made a decent amount of money, but this has to be like one of the highest make uh, highest profiting films in the series. In the series. Yeah. I cannot imagine Amityville Karen, you know, brought in the big bucks. That's not fair. They yeah, had yeah, like certainly not. They've only had a year to, to make their to, money. To, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um let's see the uh amityville horror was directed uh by Stuart rosenberg it was written um by sandra stern as well as uh you know they, uh the lutzes get some credit for it as well as jay anson who wrote the book uh it's starring james brolin uh, d- d- father to Thanos and Margot Kidder, uh, Lois Lane. So we got a little Marvel DC crossover too. Not, well, o- not only Lois that. Lane, but uh, <laughs> oh yeah, also in Black Christmas, she plays Barb. Very true, very true. You would know you you're uh, more familiar with the uh, some of the the other slashers like Black Christmas. There's and, an uh, entire section of my brain that had to be devoted to Christmas slashers this year true you're right (laughs) i mean like she's got an interesting i i while watching this start picking up on these like really strange parallels to um the shining oh for Mm -hmm. sure i don't know like but like it goes deeper than that like this is like the actual weird stuff that happened is like yeah okay so the you know the female lead like she is actually a decent um and like she's analogous to shelly duvall like like Marco Kidder, like kind of lost her beans down the road, <laughs> like and and I, I honestly, I mean, like Judge Ball's having a bit of a resurgence right now, but um, Marco Kidder died in like I think 2005, and she's not going to get a resurgence. Or no, I'm Sad. sorry, 2018, she had a breakdown in like uh somewhere in the 90s. And then, like, I would, you know, just going over her, like, basic, like, synopsis on uh, Wikipedia, it was like, she died in Livingston, Montana. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. And it was like, 
age 69, in what was later ruled a suicide by alcohol and drug overdose. I was like, oh, God, what? Oh, no. What oh. the fuck? It's probably all Where that time spent in Tom's River. <laughs> It'll do it to you. Listen, I lived there. I lived in Tom's River for a year and a half, and, man, it almost it almost ruined me. So, And I didn't even drive past the house that much. We did. I drive. I drove past it yesterday. <laughs> like, and not on purpose. It's just that's how you get around. Like, most of the filming locations of the first movie, I go past uh, many times a week just doing errands or like going to work. It's like, oh, there. Oh, <laughs> oh we should probably also uh, uh, <laughs> mention um, what Danny does for work. Oh, uh, right. Reason why we, one of the reasons why we brought you, brought you into the uh, the podcast today. Yes, I I do props in on film and television. Um, and it's I, I you know I was watching this I was like oh there's gonna be some funny stuff I was like there's like almost they don't touch anything they're not really like <laughs> prop wise I was like I was like oh, this is gonna be fun the special effects in this are amazing I love I love practical effects oh who doesn't but I Hollywood um. <laughs> <laughs> fucking james cameron i can tell you that one <laughs> so no no real good props that you saw in this movie it's i was like, uh... i was kind of bummed like the coolest the weirdest thing i mean like the cars are fun like i love Ooh, yeah know, the there cars. are some cool. like the old oh, cars. The cars there's <laughs> but most of the cars in these are just like it's just the it's just what was available then like it's not interesting in context of the movie right it's just Kinda, like, I, so like oh, you, check you, out that chevy van that looks like <laughs> yo it looks like dog shit oh my god i like that you don't see what it says on the side like you, there's this whole thing like oh yeah george lutz owns his own business and you don't know what it is like you don't get a full view of the van which has a big advertising painting on it um until like three quarters of the way through the movie and you're like oh he's surveyors that's what he does <laughs> I was like, "What's he? What's he doing?" <laughs> he just, you know, he's just a businessman. I, no, he's because he says, like, right in the beginning, he's like, "Well, I can move my uh, office into the, you know, that, and then you know, I'll be able to save money there." And you're like, "All right, office. What's he doing?" Yeah, he some right. work from home action. You find out he has employees. You're like, "All right." Not until like home. so much later, too. Yeah, that guy just shows up. <laughs> yeah. Like, At first, when you when you said that, that there was no good, like, no props in this movie, I was like, kind of picturing, you know, how like. <laughs> In like old cartoons, like you could tell if something was going to be used or not. Oh, it was a different yeah. color. Like, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, it so was more saturated off and off the background. <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, I bet they're going in that door. <laughs> it, that it worked, uh, Scooby Doo like, is like you know notorious oh, for guiltiest. That. Yeah. And then like when I was a kid, the Scooby Doo computer games, it was really easy to figure out where you go next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, uh, that thing's like just, a completely right. different art style. I guess I'll click on that one. Search for clues. You're like, are they the really bright objects in the movie? <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Jinkies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that weird, like, green uh, East Asian statue dog thing, which oh. does not fit anywhere in the house, actually. That, when they, that I would say, best prop of the movie, because it's just like, that it. It's, I want to know. Really I draws need your to attention. know the explanation behind it. Like, like, is that in the book? Is it described in detail in the book? I haven't read it. <laughs> or like, was that like a? We need like a weird thing, and they went down to an antique store or whatever. It just got and like, first is this weird enough? And then because like it finds its way into like six or seven shots on set, especially on independent stuff. It is not as like people think. Like, oh, you get so much prep time to like build things and find it out. 
sometimes it's not like that. And they're like, all right, have we figured out what the weird thing is? Like, did they finalize the script on what they want? And then you're like, you got to go buy something and show them. Like, is this it? And then someone goes, that's fine. We'll deal with that. And then <laughs> it ends up like the thing you work the hardest on, they will cut the scene, cut the prop, or just like, you know, they edit around it. And you're like, wait, no, that, I, I worked hard on that. And then the thing that you're like, this is dog shit. Try to like, try to, you know, keep this suppressed. And then it's, it's front and center. And you're like, oh, oh. <laughs> cross the room, never... zoom in up close shot. <laughs> oh, when it's clearly just right between them, which is like, you got, you got bit. <laughs> oh, what did that? Yeah. Uh, we, I honestly, me, me and Eric hit that problem all the time. When we're dealing with, with clients who want, you know, we try to give them a couple different sketches on like a commission they want. And, you know, you always end up having one that you hate and you're like, well, I'm just going to put that one off to the side and hope they don't even look at it. Here's some really good ones. They always pick the one that you absolutely hate. That is the worst thing you drew. I know. It's like, it's like we, why? We, we try to do a thing where it's like, <laughs> all right, which one do you want them to pick? Now, give them something that they will absolutely hate. Like, try to know the person enough to go, like, well, this they're going to hate. And then, so then they, like, they might pick the one that you like, but also they might pick, like, the, you know, Dark Horse third category where you're like, and this one's <laughs> just kind of here. So show them that, too. Why not? You guys want to do a quick rundown of the first one? Okay. So it's very similar to the uh, real-life events the movie centers around George and Kathy Lutz. They uh, move in shortly after the murders, and uh, we have some of the most underwhelming hauntings I've seen in a haunted house movie in a very, very long time. <laughs> truly. Truly. I mean, at a certain point, I was on the side of like some of the characters that were like, it's just an old house. I'm like, you could explain... 90% of this away. I mean, it's really, you're like, oh, the door closed. You're like, well, did you have every window open? Like, the window's being open and closed. <laughs> also, like, a window just dropping. You're like, yeah, that fucking happens, man. You know, the house is by water. Foundation settling. It's funny. The, the, the paranormal activities that occur in this movie are, re like we said, relatively underwhelming. And then there's just a couple that are like, oh, that's, way too violent for no reason by comparison <laughs> like yeah. let's see we got uh you know crosses on the wall spinning upside down we have doors slamming Classic. the priest gets attacked by like you know 17 flies it's really an underwhelming amount of flies we we upgrade we we upgrade on flies later in the series uh there's a point when there's just like i that Rod Steiger is an incredible actor, and the fact that, like, they actually got... Like, those were live flies on him. They weren't just, like... Yeah, they dripped honey things. on his head. Uh, <laughs> sugar water and beer. Oh! That's, that's also a good they, way to get that's flies. That's what they covered him in, and then they just had all these flies, which, like, I don't know where the fly supply store is, but they had a shit ton of them, and they're just, like, on his face, and he's just, like, looking where he needs... Like, there's so many times where they're just sitting on his head, and he's moving around, and they're not moving. I'm like, I would... I'd just give me like a couple more like waving in front of your face get those flies off of you at least within these first three movies there's a couple instances where someone is like being accosted by either flies or like falling goop and spider webs and shit like that and they just like they have no urgency to remove themselves from the situation they're just kind of like i'm stuck in here oh no which like 
the first, well, all right, the first one, the second one goes, uh, and it just I I found it to go immediately off the rails where I was like, oh, this oh yeah, it's crazy. Um, but the first one it was almost more psychological than anything, and like there is like you know the supernatural entity is like getting into the minds of the people, like that's kind of it seems like the story the the surface story that's being told like that's the plot device like it's like because the priest i was like i was like all right rod steiger amazing actor and he's saying like whatever's going on in his mind is worse and more attention grabbing for him than the countless flies touching him (laughs) we got some other pretty cheeky uh uh paranormal events uh, they're preparing for a wedding and the deposit for oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> the a house caterer. Just, the yeah, the house is just like, nah, this is my money now. Fuck your caterer. That's my favorite part of the movie, I think, is is when Kathy Lutz's uh, br- brother is getting ready for his wedding. And he's just, he's sitting there counting his money. He's, and he's struggling really hard, too. He's only got, like, a handful of bills in his hand. And he goes, he's, like, counts it 60 times on screen. And he's like, it needs to be 1,500. Can you count it for the me? The amount of times just, this guy has ever counted fine. to 1,500 before is probably zero. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it's in increments of 100. <laughs> Yeah, he's got like he only needs to count fifteen bills. <laughs> but like that a couple, shot, a that shot is just like there, but... the fireplace. The fireplace is so key to the movie for some reason. Also, but it's just like it's all you see is the fire and him counting money. And I was like, man, there's a lot of phantom breezes in this house. You want to, you know, don't just. <laughs> It's gonna yeah, blow you don't in. Want, you yeah. don't want one of them hundreds to just blow right into the uh, into the flame. Yeah, I thought he was short on the money at first, and also like when the scene starts, you're not introduced. It's just a guy in the house counting money. In you, a, yeah, you really in have most to like, of a tuxedo. <laughs> pay attention, otherwise you might miss that it's it's her brother. <laughs> it's so funny. The entire movie is pretty much just uh, George Lutz becoming more and more frustrated with his living situation. And it's like you could almost explain to me that, like you said, Dan, there's no ghosts involved because. <laughs> well, Danny, wants... Dan, right. Danny was right. It is very, um, it's it's very The Shining. Like it, there, there's yeah. a lot of of um, Jack Torrance in uh, in George Lutz in this. It's I mean, just, the ass... you can understand it more because he was stuck in a snowy hotel with with his this his wife and kid that he hated. Shining. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, it's funny to me because, all right, so The Shining, I think, was written in the book, the Stephen King book. Mm -hmm. Because the movie was in, like, 82 or 3, I think. Yeah. Um, The novel was written in 77. I was in 77, yeah. So, two years before this movie came out, The Shining was written. But. And 77, I think, was also when the Amityville Horror book was written. All right. So these two similar enough kind of stories. Like, if you're really getting into it, you can be like, oh, well, look at all these connections. This is crazy. A lot of Venn diagram action. This one's allegedly real, and this one is, you know, decidedly not. Dealing with alcoholism. (laughs) Um, In an exorbitant Colorado hotel. So. He's dealing it most of the time in some way. But I think, like, Stephen King had a lot to say about the movie, which I think is funny because I was like, dude, you wrote the same fucking story, essentially, <laughs> but you blamed it on um, 
Native Americans, the ghosts of, and uh, sorry for the spoiler, everybody. Uh, <laughs> I think we'll be all right. But then, like, I mean, you know, Amityville Horror is, like, it's a bit of an amorphous thing. They, like, mentioned John Ketchum for about half a second. Yeah, each movie kind of takes its own uh, route as far as getting to the very core of the haunting. Uh, like you said, some Wait. are Native American-based, some are Salem Witch Trials-based, and some are more DeFeo murder-based. Which the actual, like, some things try to set it up, like, it's the house that's bad, DeFeo is just the first victim of it. Not a victim, but, like, supernatural victim. Like, it, they, it chose him to be its, like, worldly avatar, is DeFeo. And then, like, then George Lutz showed up, and they're like, gotcha! Another, another one! one. <laughs> like, and, which is, like, that's fine, like... Stephen King's criticism was like he's like I think it's really just about like the like financial anxiety of the 1970s and like home ownership because like they talk there are a lot of mentions of money in it oh tons you know like extremely I mean, relatable yeah the house literally steals it from a guy yes well there's that too so like it kind of plays on that and then like there's an issue later where because George isn't going to work he needs to find the payroll checks and there's an IRS guy and also, that same caterer that needed to be paid with the cash that the check bounced. I was he like, keeps if everyone's up. going to work except for George, there should be money in here. <laughs> it's his business. Um, you know, let the man have some time off to chop wood. But also, what is going on at his business that after like nine days, the entire business is falling apart? Like, what the fuck? It was I, really hanging on by a string, man. I was having trouble with the like. You know how like how many night day sequences you see, and then how when the the title cards come over like day fifteen. Like I think we got to day eighteen, but everyone like the whole story is that twenty eight days after living in the house they fled. Like the last night does not happen on day twenty eight. I know it does. It's crazy. Feel longer. But there's a couple there's a couple lines and a couple indicators like the you know the the on-screen like day five but uh, it feels like they're there for like months it does it seriously does if if there weren't closed boxes all over the house of like newly moved in bullshit i would be like all right they've been here for a year (laughs) like yeah and yeah um also like so I, I forget. I forget now because I'm starting to. The, these movies are already starting to blend together for me. Um, is there not like in a specific like inciting like event that like really kicks off the hauntings? Like, do they not find like the basement like uh like crawl space it's or something? Or is that later? So yeah, the so it's not the crawl space. It's a it's a brick over wall. wall. It's a stone under the stairs wall. And then it's got the red room inside, the Satan oh. room, which no one fully goes inside until the very end when he falls through the stairs and then is in there, in which also the floor has now given out in the room and is just a a pit of blood. It's like black goop. It's it's like if they're trying to convince me it's blood, they got to like work smuckers. a lot harder. Yeah, yeah. It's, 
It's, it's like a fucking hole filled I with Nutella. Was, I just, there's so much other, like, blood in the movie. And it's really not as much blood as, like... No, it's not a very bloody movie. Number two, there's, there's, more, there's blood everywhere. But it's like... Eh, eh. Like what? Is, what is this shit? Like what is happening? And then the dog. I like the. I like the. I like the, oh, the dog. The dog so much. The dog that, is the hero. That, like forty second scene. Like it's just like the dog is so fucking mad at him, and he's like, "Harry." Also, I didn't. All right, when when they're leaving, and then he goes back to get the kids. Like he had Harry. I wish Harry was here. I didn't know the dog's name was Harry. I thought she was calling her birth father by his first. Yo, same. I was like, man, I was like, I was like, surviving this whole. He's like, cause George, like, like James Brolin turns and looks at at uh, Margot Kidder, and like in a way of like, are you fucking kidding me right now? And she's like, just go. And I was like, I was like, it's her telling him like just stop like enough of this stepdad shit like we gotta get out of here like no matter what the relationship is of the people in this vehicle we have to get away from the house <laughs> and he drives and then he stops he's like i'm going back to drives the like 10, doesn't say 10 anything feet. and he's going back to the dog and you're like is this like him um there's a famous uh uh, uh screenwriting book like an educational book called save the cat and what you're supposed to do is like, because it sets it up like there's in some movie, and I can't remember what it was because I never, I barely started the book. Um, it starts with like you have to make your main character uh, likable, and you have to like set up something in the beginning that tells the audience you will like that. This is the good guy. He's not a piece of no shit. No matter what else he does, you know that in deep down or wherever it is, he's the good guy. And it's like you know he goes back like whatever you like. You save the cat, and you know, up in the tree or whatever the fuck it is. They wait till the last thirty minutes after George has been an absolute piece of shit. Oh my god! To then save the dog after not announcing it, he just gets up and goes back. To the, and like, I, I was like, oh my god, he's just going back to the house. What's like? He's like, no, <laughs> he, he was just going to camp in the basement. I'm going back to my evil lair. What's great and, like, is that they they all pile into the van. They pull down the block. They're about, I don't know. 300 yards from the house and he just like skirt chirps tires in the middle of the road and gets out of the car and runs to the house leaving <laughs> the family like in the middle of the road at this point but then he's yelling at harry in the hole and because harry's he's trying to get himself out covered in like you know might as well be oil um you can't see his face he's just a kind of a blob and then he's like harry Oh, man, it's me, Harry. Harry's biting the shit out of him, like like a like and a. And then German Harry's like, "Oh shit, it was with dead." With the police department, he's like Harry, and then like Harry's just still biting him. He just like kind of stopped growling, and then he's like, "Pull me, please, Harry, please." And it's like, pull yourself. <laughs> like he's out. trained. Like, he's trained for this. Meanwhile, this guy spent the entire movie chopping wood. Like his upper body's strong as shit, and he's just like, "I gotta get out of the hole, Harry." <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Harry. Right. The- and then he like. The amount of like Harry's useful the dog up the stairs. The amount of useful cardio he's doing through this movie is insane. No wonder he ran from the fucking van to the house and back. He's chopping enough wood to like take out the hundred acre forest. <laughs> well, cause like he's like as you can see like the house entity, the entity, the thing. Cause they don't say like there's no like demon or ghost. Or well, there's like a uh, what's her name? What, oh, the pig. well, there's Jody. Lori, but... or Jody, that's what it was. It which is wait, 
is Lori the name of a Jodie Foster character? Uh, maybe? Because the whole time I was like, I'm watching it, I'm like, Jodie Foster, she's doing this. <laughs> um, but, we got Jodie Foster reprising her role as the evil pig. Which I, you know, the pig thing kind of took me out of it. I was like, I was like, what was this in that window? It was enormous. There's this. There's a shot where he's huge. like in the backyard, like near the boathouse, and he's looking up into the window, and there's just this gigantic demonic pig in one of like the evil eyeball windows on the side of it the house. It looks around like it's a blimp. <laughs> it sure does. Right? Like, like it doesn't like turn and kind of walk away like a pig does it's one of those it's like one of those weighted balloons you can get at the grocery yes. store that have the little feet you know sort of hovers <laughs> and just turns almost like they had no control over which way it's turning uh, you know what that wouldn't surprise me but so like what is the it where's the pig come from because is it just from the movie or was that something that crept up in all of the in the movie the hubbub of the actual so story? the Lutz daughter or one of them yes the Lutz not the, the, the yeah it's like her uh, are all no, no 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 um, yeah it's one of her Lutz, imaginary friends so she's like yeah Jody is uh you know doing this they're like oh Jody and everyone was like oh, Jody locked Jody. my babysitter in the closet yeah and then so then the for the movie, they were like, "We'll make, we'll make Jody a pig." Because <laughs> the the red eyed demon pig was when I was young was like really the only thing I, that I knew about the Amityville horror. I was like, "Yeah, it was oh, really? a haunted house and people died and there That's was a pig crazy. with red eyes." It's like my, on screen. My little kid head like seconds. latched onto that. <laughs> I know, and they don't ever like really mention it. It's like the girl says Jody, and they're like, "Who's Jody?" Like does Jody like sugar cookies? No. <laughs> but yeah, really has the, it's not like the. There I thought is Jody like was a real it, person for a while. In the movie. Yeah, like, could have been. Like, are they gonna show the kid she's playing with? They really don't it. explain a lot. Which it feels of, like I think oh, it's better if they started explaining. You'd be like, all right. Well, I'm just talking about like it just stuff. general like stuff going on with the characters' lives. Like I feel like most of the time in this movie, we're entering scenes just after they explain things, and we just are like, <laughs> oh, okay, I guess. I guess I'll catch up later. I, it's a, that's how I feel with most of this movie, which is not really a bad thing because I don't mind like in a horror movie when you're like meant to feel like when you feel like you can't catch up with what's happening. Sometimes that's okay. I don't know I, if that was intentional, but you know, I really it still like works. that the priests never actually connect with the family. Yeah, did you notice that? It's so oh, it's like it's God. weird because like it there's this kind of like you know. This this movie functions to me. I mean, it's it's so distinctly. It's just like this is Catholic horror. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is this is not because like it's such a like, you know, because like I don't know, in religion like there isn't much like Protestant demonic stuff or like in like it's so di- it's so harshly Catholic that it's like yeah okay you're like so because like all right the setup is like there's a presence there's some like demonic satanic whatever the fuck it is evil spiritual presence and it's stronger than the church they're like oh no that's our only option is the church (laughs) and like it only you know they just beat the shit out of that 
It's so funny. It, honestly, he gets it worse than almost anyone else in the movie. He goes blind. Yeah, besides uh, <laughs> besides George, he he really gets fucked up. I'd man. argue George made it out way better. Sure, he got covered in goop and he, he was sweating a lot and he has some sort of problem with red eye. But I, I, yeah, I think it's rough. just they're trying to show he's not sleeping and he's in ill health and he's just like being tormented. Yeah. But like the priest that first comes and like doesn't say like sees them out the window doesn't say oh let me go talk to them say hey I'm here to bless the house he's there by himself he does a B&E. You know, walks in he's like he walks in hello anyone home hello you know hello thinks he hears somebody upstairs goes up there he knows it's a murder house everybody knows it's a murder house. And then, um, even the like, it's not one of those. Yeah, the Lutz's knew it was a murder that's house. What I I forgot that aspect when I started it because I was like, oh, this is kind of a fucking poltergeist situation where like they don't know. Oh no, they know. Something. They are well aware. There's a graveyard in their backyard. She Margot Kidder walks in there immediately. And she's like, I don't like it. Fucking Roland's like, well, you're like, like he it seems like he's more interested in the house than she is from the start, and then he starts blaming her that for the house. Well, he wants that house. home office. Who doesn't? I guess. Um, <laughs> but the priest goes in, you know, and he's alone. He sees them all outside in the. I think they go out on the boat, and then yeah, uh, they're like, he's like down by he's the like, dock. All right, I'll start. Oh, let me start this blessing. And that's when the flies come in, and he's like struck with like a headache, and then like. It seems like they're trying to say it smells bad in there. Like, the flies are there because of, like, sort of a Beelzebub thing. But also that, like, he there's something that's just so disgusting in there. Like, he can't breathe. He's, like, covering his mouth. He's, like, I, you know, he throws up halfway down the road. Or, no, he throws up in the car. It's the nun. The nun throws that, up. That, that's another one that, like, we will get to. Um, that one threw me off. I was like, wait, who? It's so funny because he gets his ass kicked, and then they're like, "All right, we'll send the nun in. The nun's got to go by, and maybe she can help." And <laughs> no, no, they don't send the nun in. The nun is the aunt. It's Margot Kidder's character's aunt who's like yeah. just coming to visit, and she gets in there immediately, gets her shit handed to her spiritually, and has to leave. <laughs> she doesn't even make it to the stairs. She like opens the door, defeated. and she's like, "Ah, ah." She, she kind of senses it in the driveway. Everybody in the driveway kind of goes like, somebody watching me? Looks up into the windows. They go. Those fucking evil eyeball windows, man. Everybody's like, mm, I'm not feeling this the side of the house. But, you know, poor fucking Rod's. I can't remember the name of the priest because all of a sudden. Uh, it's Father yeah, Delaney. At a certain point, there's four of them. Um, there's so many. They just keep coming. They're and and they all like. There's the. I, I was rewatching it earlier, and there's like this fucking like Abbott and Costello scene between Father Delaney and like I think it's like uh, one of the other uh, priests where they're like the the house is assaulting them from afar by like fucking up their car and like makes like the hood oh of the my car God. pop up. Yes. <laughs> he, he can't control the steering control. wheel. <laughs> And he's grabbing the wheel from the other side. He's like, I'm so sick. He's like, yeah, well, he's, uh, the lady's got the flu. But he's like, it's like this, it's this extended scene of this guy swerving from one end of the highway to the other with like, there's scary music playing in the background, but if fucking like Yakety Sax was playing, it would also still be very fitting. Like, And he doesn't and... hit the brakes. At no point <laughs> no. was he like, let me just stop if something's wrong with the car. But, but this is that the first, this is not the, the last time that, this series will 
show that the house has the power to fuck with people like the next state over if it wants to yeah they're like which is uh, it's totally from the shining uh, when they're like (laughs) well delaney we're gonna send you on vacation i was like he's gonna be like like, scatman crawlers lying in his bed shaking (laughs) some some new kid who has the shining who just started renting the house is gonna call out to him but yeah i think there's like four distinct markers that we get from this movie that travel across most of them so far that i've seen we got flies we got angry dads fucked up cars and puking yeah and and of course we're really just at least for the first two movies we've got oh the child choir that's an award-winning score love that song award nominated i love so that little music. I, I don't think it was in the third movie, which is no kind of different uh, different composer people, for the people third. People said that uh, people accused the um, composer of recycling his rejected score from the Exorcist. For the Exorcist, right? That yeah. explains then, some things, I, I read honestly. The, but I read that, but the, it's not. that, that it's score not that. came out, and people were like, "This doesn't sound anything like that. Like, why were we blaming this guy on?" for recycling well at a certain point he said uh, you you want to see what that score was this is it <laughs> oh, oh dude, my bad bro <laughs> no you are a good composer it was always good. We, just, <laughs> we just thought it was really for a different thing i wonder if anyone's like made a cut where like they put the score from from the exorcist no yeah put this score on the exorcist where they think it would have belonged god that sounds like a fucking labor that is the territory of Walter Murch. He's an, like an old guy that would do shit like that. Like, I mean, he was a sound guy in Hollywood, but also like I think he directed some stuff too. But like, he restored like the score of like totally remixed this one Orson Welles movie that the studio obliterated the the like the sound design and stuff on, and he went back and fixed it. And it was like, wow, all right. You got time on your hands, bud. Nut job level shit. No one, like, like it was, I mean, it got re-released and, like, you know, there was money to be made. But, like, I feel like when he was doing it, no one, would ask, no one asked him to do it. No one paid him to do that. He was just like, I'm, I'm fixing, I'm fixing the master's work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sure. All right, before we totally move on, I just have to point out that, like, the entire priest cast, except for the, like, Vietnam priest, story like actors that like were like have been around forever and are like amazing the one was the mayor from jaws and he essentially played the same person but a priest (laughs) but i just i just need to say this to someone else (laughs) this does not have to be in the podcast um we can keep it in edit that and like just pointing out how weird the scene when uh margot kidder is like painting a virgin mary statue and listening to harpsichord music on the radio yeah i, I was trying to pin down wild. what she was listening to it was harpsichord it was some sort of i was like i was like oh is it classical music i had to keep rewinding it because like my cats went crazy every time <laughs> i like was why i was like okay, i like i need to just find out what the hell is happening i was like <laughs> miss it and then i would just hear hissing in the other room well you know while uh while brolin was you know george lutz was having his own adventure in this movie uh margo kidder kathy lutz was doing her own thing too like she had a lot of weird scenes where you're like kathy what what are you up to these days like she there's like 
She's oh doing like God. ballet in front of her. Yeah, so She's doing like ballet in front of her mirror, like the, half naked. The the sex scene that goes on way too long, but not as too long as the one from the original Terminator. But right <laughs> not as like, too long. Why at, is she wearing one leg warmer? I don't, yeah, can I, I don't know can anyone does anyone anyone dance adjacent? No, <laughs> no. not on this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a real. That's a, a real stretch. I was like, is this a stylistic thing? And it's also like the same color as like an ace bandage. I was like, is she have an injury? Like, I don't know. Like a leg warmer. But yeah, no. Uh, Mario Kater's doing some wacky stuff. There's like a whole scene where she's dressed like a Spice Girl. She's got these long ass pigtails and like this. <sighs> she like, does that crazy a lot. Makeup she's on. got a lot they of pigtails. Her like a child. Yeah, I I don't know what's up with that. Like, because she's dressed like a like like very normal like 70s wife in in the very first couple scenes were introduced and then she just like starts dressing all weird and i'm like is the house doing something to her too but just like not having its own little fun game on her side of this hey i mean it really got there's some places where you're like okay all right this is where we're going and then you're like where wait when did we make that turn like no one mentions that like Oh yeah, my aunt is a nun. You know, she's coming to visit. No, because they said that it's, in the scene right before we came in. That's the like the whole movie. Yeah, is like, I, they I, just explained something, but we missed it. Most of the scares too are just like Margot Kidder or Roland just like being somewhere in the house and then not knowing another member of the family is behind them. I mean, Roland <laughs> half the time is ignoring them. It seems. Oh like, my god, so blatantly. Focused. And then people are like, they're like, hey, and he's like, oh, ah, don't sneak up on me. But like Mario Kidder, every time she's like, she's like, "What's going on over here?" And then turns around, it's one of her kids. She's like, "Oh fuck!" Like, oh, it's a big house, you know. The kids are light on their feet, scare the shit out of you. It's a huge house. Yeah, I mean, but that's what I mean. Like, so much of it's just explainable. Like, even when the when the window slams on the kid's hand, you're like, "That happens." It's yeah, I, honestly, heavy windows. I I guess before yeah, another thing before we move on to the second one is you know I like well, overall. I think this movie is is pretty enjoyable, um, but I don't really like. I, I'm so surprised that it was, like, it it, it is stuck around, like so powerfully, <laughs> especially that because this movie is like maybe back in the day it was like pretty scary. I can imagine, but like, I don't know. It, like like you said, the scares are just always like oh, a t- little Tommy's behind her, like or like you know everything just feels so like dull i I genuinely think (laughs) it's because it's one of those like first kind of like haunted house movies where they're like hey this is based on real events that happened soon enough within our lives that people can remember reading about it in the newspaper that's that's the thing it really has to be yeah Uh, it's it's the catholic horror which like i think honestly the religious aspect of it like played a lot for people because like I don't know there was more people like there was more i think a bigger majority of people like regular people that were still just like going to church and not in like a fanatic way yeah than like now and also like at a time where a lot of people were sort of like losing religion like it was kind of like i don't know mid-70s like there's a lot of things going on losing my religion <laughs> 
No, I, I like that song. I like being reminded of it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, you know, we have, like, The Exorcist. The Exorcist came out, like, years before this. And, like, when the scary stuff happens, and I'm not saying every movie has to be The Exorcist, right? But, like, you you had an example of, like, how to, like, really do some, like, scary stuff to like end your movie with but this was just like some loud noises some wind and like a a puddle of goop and a few more flies for good measure yeah i think yeah you guys are definitely right it it is the the true crime aspect that that ties it in if people had seen the exorcist and be like oh my god so scary and then they saw this and they're like is this a real possession and like a real thing looks like did this happen right there on long island True crime being mentioned, that kind of gives us a nice uh, segue into, I guess, our next movie. (laughs) Amityville 2, The Possession, is a story uh, that is based solely around uh, the DeFeo family. They changed their name for the movie. (laughs) Except they're not the DeFeos in this movie. I'm calling them the DeFeos. I don't give a shit. Well, I'm just saying there's a lot of – apparently there's a lot of people who think this might be a sequel and not a prequel. Uh, it's definitely not. No, this is this takes place directly before the Lutzes uh, move in. Uh, this is a kind of distilled version of the DeFeo murder story. So we have the family moving in. Uh, they are an extremely dysfunctional family. Uh, they, From the get. yeah, right. From the get, first you're scene, like, you're like, oh, this is gonna be bad. right, right out of the game. Um, the dad's a total piece of shit, very abusive. Uh, you know, late seventies dad, kind of like what we talked about Classic. Uh, in the last one. Extremely Long Island, but they move in and things quickly get off to a bad start. Uh, you get to see, you know, the weird weird relationship between uh the oldest son and oldest daughter there's a i'm glad you brought this very up bizarre it, incest it, it plot be, uh, immediately i was like why are we building sexual tension here like this oh is, dude what's I, I, was, I was like um because like i've seen other things where you're like they clearly do it and it's like not necessarily part of the script or plot you're like I don't know why that's happening, but okay. <laughs> this is like, this is like they are building it like heavily, like so it's layered so thick in like the first ten minutes of the movie. You're like, gross. This is, yeah, this and, is and that's before any possession happens. <laughs> they like, came to the house you know, with that baggage. This is how you know it was produced by uh, Dino De Laurentiis. <laughs> These are a bunch of guys that were used to making movies in the 60s and 70s over in Italy where they're a little bit more freewheeling about sexuality in art. <laughs> Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. No, you're, no you're exactly right, and we're going to find out more about why you're, you're right. So we follow the uh, – mostly we follow the oldest son, Sonny, and uh, as he is slowly <laughs> becoming enraged with his father's behavior and Bothering. escalates to the point of uh, a huge fight between the entire family on, like, the first night of their haunting where there's paint brushes flying all over the house, painting shit on the kids' walls. 
the father's coming in, beating the shit out of the kids. He's taking a belt to his wife's ass. Well, there's like, there's like, all right, that scene is kind of like there's the, the phantom knocking, and he goes out and he's like, okay, someone ding dong ditched me. All right, then it happens again, and he goes immediately. He's like, I'm getting the fucking gun, and goes and gets the gun, opens the door, and he's like, this is a 12 gauge for you. And then he goes in and like hears they hear other knocking or they hear like rattling up in the children's room. So they run up there where clearly like the kids are sitting scared on one bed. The windows open. There's uh, a painting of Jody on the wall. And oh. it's like, dishonor thy mother and father in script, which I was like, these kids are too young to write in script. I didn't and even realize it was Jody. The room was shaking. Well, it says pigs next to yeah. it, which I thought was a direct re- reference to Manson, really. They're just like, throw that in there. Everyone's scared of that guy. <laughs> Fair. And then that's when he's like, he's like, you fucking kids think this is funny? And the wife, to to the writer's credit, has a line where she goes, they can't even write. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thank you, somebody. But at the height of this, like... Like, he starts beating the shit out of everyone to dad, and that's when everyone gets involved. Yeah. At the height of this domestic abuse situation, Sonny grabs the shotgun and points it to the back of his dad's head, and everybody freezes except the mom, who just kind of glides around in between them and takes the gun and dead (laughs) eyes straight to the camera. What's becoming of us? (laughs) <laughs> there, there's there's a bunch of parts of somebody this in the movie audience answer me where i felt like i was like this reads like a like a stage play yes there's some lighting cues that happened too where i was like oh now we're in this person's internal monologue the other thing i picked up watching this one is i That's not the case i felt like i could smell the conjuring on this movie like i felt like as I was watching it with a lot of the camera direction and a lot of the way they handled like some of the hauntings and the staging of like the house in general, it just felt like I was watching, you know, the influence that would end up in the conjuring movie, which is funny to me because Ed and Lorraine are over all over both of these like real life stories. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure one has, has seen these, at least these two movies. I'm not going to say one's seen the third one, but, <laughs> but he, you know, he definitely would have seen these two. Special of like oh, it sure is. I can't wait to get to the third one. What else we got going on in the second one? We get some good Reagan face eventually after the son becomes fully possessed by uh, this vortex wait, of I'm evil not... in the basement. What did you call it? Reagan face? Yes. So that is our podcast term for when they make someone possessed in a movie and they give them a gross demon face for no reason. Yeah, they get a they throw a couple little prosthetics on there. Are go, you yeah, are you ref, are you do you mean like the Reagan puppet from the uh, Genesis music video? No, we mean Reagan, <laughs> Land of the girl, because that's what it looks like. <laughs> no, we mean Reagan, the girl from The Exorcist. <laughs> Coincidentally enough, no. Well, the first one they just covered uh, James Brolin in Foundation, and they're like, he's tired. Yeah, they just made him look upset. Look at it. But he, he was never really possessed sick. so much as he was being no, he was bothered. worn down. Um, He's more perturbed than possessed. <laughs> but in this one, I just, and maybe because it was like, you know, lower budget, you know, but I was like, they could have like tried to at least 
But you put the prosthetic on and then put enough makeup to, like, sort of blend the skin tone. Like, it's so... Like, it looks like modeling clay. Yeah. I, I think the passage Actually, this, of time didn't help. Yeah, but he's just got tumors that move. And you're like, ooh. <laughs> That's why it's like, is this a physical entity that's possessing him? Uh, well, n- no. I mean, that, that no, kind no, of I know, question, I know, no. that kind of dives into how uh, how possessions work, which is like a whole episode all on its own. Russell Crowe might. Russell Crowe does. I don't think- <laughs> you didn't see Pope's Exorcist. <laughs> you know it's this he's like every time there's a demon movie it's they're very like they always bring the catholics into it where all of a sudden they're like yeah, well no these people have been dealing with demons a long time but then like it's true all right here's a critique i have here in these movies in that like even the like there's usually one priest and this is any possession thing that actually believes what's going on there's a small group there's always the pushback from church establishment where you like have this like it's not corrupt, but, like, it is because these guys, like, allegedly believe in all of this stuff, right? But then they go, it's not a possession. That's a, like, they refuse to believe that that is real. He's, he's explaining the plot of the Pope's Exorcist oh, yeah, yeah. live without having seen it. I know. It's amazing. I haven't, yes, because it's like, it's like all right, I'm going to describe a boxing movie. You tell me which one it is. I can describe every single boxing movie in, like, five sentences. <laughs> they have the same plot. How about... That's why... <clears throat> That's why I really like that one possession movie we watched that was on Shudder, Eric, about like the the like live streaming like ghost hunter kids who like get possessed. Remember oh yeah. Yeah. Um but but anyway, back to Amityville 2, the possession. Here's a fun through line. We get another priest in this one who's trying his fucking least. Uh <laughs> the priestess with the leastest. Father Ad- Adam Adamski? Adamski. Adamski, Adamski, played by James Olsen uh, from the Andromeda Strain. Miss uh, Montelli, who is the the matriarch of the family, she immediately after this first like haunting is like, "All right, we got to get a fucking priest in here to bless the house." And she like is clamoring at this man at the end of his fucking service to be like, please, please come to my house. There's a fucking, there's some bad <laughs> shit going on. I really need you to come bless the house. And he's like trying to talk to other parishioners. He's like, yeah, totally. Have a great day. Nice. And she's like, what, what is I'm happening? Li- I'd be, he says, I'd be delighted to bless your house. I was like, is that like something these people do? I mean, we grew up down the street from Catholic. Like, I don't know what goes on. Oh, I've been in there. I grew up Roman Catholic. So I've been. He's like, I bought a new house. I need to. It. You're like, well, we blessed it when the you know before the old people moved out. Like, you need to re up. You need the annual re up. It's like your liquor license. Yeah, new family, new blessing. You gotta. It's like a liquor license. If you fuck up in between, then they take it away, and you have to get it all over again. There you go. <laughs> uh, Bert Young, the uh, the father, Anthony Montelli, is. Just a fucking whirling dervish of piece of shit father in this movie. I I have not seen such a piece of shit seventies dad in so long. I was I was genuinely surprised. Uh, just uncut cigars hanging out of his mouth like fucking three foot turds, pulling his belt <laughs> off at any moment he can to fucking spank somebody. Oh, and he wields the belt. He's like ah. like, and they show him swinging around where i feel like in other movies they did this like i, I it's like a martial oh, artist like, with some with some nunchucks man he's, he's like flipping he, this he thing just all takes over it off and like in that first time he does it you see him just like going for his belt like there's no like he didn't start to get mad 
which I think tells the story of this. Oh yeah, he says it in the like very opening scene where he's talking to his oldest son who like showed up a half second later than everybody else and he's like, I thought you were supposed to be backing up your mom on the road. And he's like, I stopped for cigarettes. And he's like, oh, you're smoking cigarettes. Now you're a big tough guy. Ah, but you take some fucking direction. You're not too old to get these hands. I know, he's just like, it's, all right. Which brings me to something that like, I want to bring it up now, but I think we should get through the rest of the plot. All right, let's let's keep moving along. Anybody else got somewhere to stop? <laughs> God, I am just like I'm. No, literally, I, I literally just finished watching this. Like I was watching it last <laughs> night, and I woke up and had to finish it. So I'm like, God, son of a bitch, this fucking movie. <laughs> um, I've turned into Burt Young, but in reaction to Burt Young, <laughs> does anyone feel like this movie went on like way longer than necessary? You know, I did. It's funny because it went on for less time than the first one went on, but did there was a lot of middle ground that like dragged because really nothing, <laughs> nothing too much happens in this movie. Like they move in, the kid gets possessed, the the family has a big brawl, bunch and, of incest, and then he kills the family, bunch of incest. Yeah, he he fucks his sister, and then and then the, he kills everyone. End of movie. But like. Yeah. That's really not that many things to happen for a, <laughs> and the movie's still 104 minutes, you know? He uh, seduces his sister for absolutely no, no reason. Well, because he's already horny for his sister, and then the demon possesses him, and, like, a demon probably would have already tried to do that anyway, but he was like, well, I guess if we're both down. Right? The <laughs> demon's like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna stand back, you clearly been putting some work in already. <laughs> Oh yeah, it I made mean, everyone skin crawl. We gross. watched it together. I was like, oh, what, yeah. are, what are we doing here? What is it? Why is it? Did it have to? Because like, all right, the plot has to exist only inside the house, essentially. Like, there's some out of it, but like, all right, so whoever's in the house, that's who's involved. He's not like possessed and then going down to the fucking bar and just like seducing someone there. Pull and trim. Necessarily, <laughs> that wouldn't necessarily be evil. <laughs> Uh, but it, it it mostly escalates to Sonny being absolutely fully Reagan faced post incest yeah post incest like possessed well apparently apparently the incest there was it because basically this movie like the the brother and sister like he seduces her and then they start making out and then we sort of cut to like post coital uh, brother and sister Son of a bitch. but apparently there was a original scene where there was like a full-on like graphic sex scene with the two of them oh my god um, the movie's already well, two hours film, long the, the movie was made by this movie ain't two hours movie 104 minutes um but like the so the director damiano damiani you know this big fucking italian director you oh, know man. again like like you know he, they're a lot you know like danny was saying earlier they're a little bit really looser with uh sexuality and stuff they're loosey-goosey it's so um so like he was like yeah show the sex on scene um i was and... not not expecting uh yeah no yeah to be perfectly well, honest i'll tell you what a little prudish of me i was like okay what it's it seems to be the standout thing in this movie because if you scroll through the imdb page for this <laughs> right under the storyline block where they've typed out the synopsis they put these like little tags of like things that happen like that would be associated with the movie to like you know for search engine optimization and the first six are all brother sister incest incest brother sister kiss breast sister poses nude for brother it's just on and on 
I think you're I think you're on Pornhub, not IMDb. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, this, this is horrific. Um, I didn't know people were going to IMDb for this. <laughs> I have to check what's tagged on my page. I'm terrified because there's 146 other tags that you could open up, and I'm not touching it. Yeah, honestly, I actually, so when I was young, this was the only Amityville movie I had actually, like, seen. Like, I had always ha- had heard of, like, the stuff in the first one. Um, and I was aware that there were other Amityville movies. Um, but this was the only one I saw. I caught it, like, late at night. I think it was, like, a horror marathon um, on, like, the Sci-Fi Network or something. And I just remember, like, I'm sitting there watching this. And then we get to the... You know, I was young, so, like, I wasn't necessarily picking up on the, like, overt flirting they were doing earlier in the movie. Um but then, like, we f- do get to the point where, like, this demon is definitely going to fuck his sister. And I was like, well, now this is nothing I thought about before. <laughs> <laughs> New and terrible horrors for Matt. Yeah, I was like, hmm, <laughs> things are going to be different now. You're like, oh, no. I thought I thought good and evil was an easily defined and talked about thing. <laughs> Now, well, you know, I now it's really I, bad. Like this isn't a I, vampire uh, or a werewolf. <laughs> well, you know, I I have like an actual sister, so I found this very strange when I was young. But apparently, the 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 actress, like, there's a quote from her when they, when asked about like, did she find it weird doing the scene? And she was like, well, I don't have any siblings, so I didn't really think about it as weird or anything like that because she didn't have any like ew and my brother to like equate it. So red flag. So she was like, like she, that's she, uh, she was like whatever. Red flag. Red flag. <laughs> Hoist that one up the pole. That's this. There's some people that you know take the crap. Like it's like okay, yeah, I guess that's helpful for acting, but like you are still a human being in the world. Like that's not like what. <laughs> If that block doesn't exist in your mind, you got to build it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see anything wrong with it. It's, yeah, well, that's why you're going to jail. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> well, you can't be out here with the rest of us. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, we didn't actually get into the finer the details of this movie um, as far as like production and stuff. So this movie came out in uh, 82. Uh, so a few years after the original, this one was directed by, like I said earlier, Damiano Damiani. Um, IMDb says he's known for um, some Italian movie called Mafia. <laughs> um, it was it was written by um, Tommy Lee Wallace, who uh, wrote Halloween Three: Season of the Witch and directed it. But you know, sequel guy, huh? Huh. Very interesting. Um, also, the budget for this one was. Only $300,000 more than the first, so it was a $5 million budget. Um, but unlike the first one, which made, like, yeah, that's a ton almost, of ten, in <laughs> almost 10 times. Well, yeah, but, the you know, the original movie made, like, almost, like, you know, 10 times what the budget was. Uh, the yeah. total gross for this one was only $12,500,000, uh, so they were, they were probably hoping, like, that it would really, uh. like take off how how does the well dry up so fast and we have 16 more movies (laughs) well it's not that the well's dry it's just it it, you know it it had water and then it had stinking dog shit in it (laughs) like there's a lot there's a lot of that well it's someone did a diarrhea in the well but you know it started giving people cholera speaking of well of dog shit 
Is it is it time for the third movie? <gasps> Don't you Wait. speak ill of Amityville 3D. No, because this one, I didn't watch the third, but this one, like, really proved something, like, a theory that someone told me once that was actually about The Shining. And it, it's it's held true for me, like, for some horror stuff. Um, but these movies especially, like, so someone once told me, like, if you watch The Shining, like, from, you know, from the beginning and really pay attention, like, the way that Jack Nicholson acts in the beginning, like, it, it tells you, like, he's going to kill his whole family no matter what. <laughs> like, that's what he's going there to do. Like, he is, like, he hates his family. And, like, <laughs> you know, the like, like it, you know, you read the book and you're like, okay, yeah, the ghosts really exist 60 pages ago. Um, but, like, you watch the, the Kubrick movie and it's like, now Nicholson's going to kill these people. Like, that's what he wants to do. He hates his family like and there's these little there's the little moments where like he goes from being like angry asshole to then like all of a sudden he's like oh my god someone hurt the boy you know and then like he gets possessed by the ghost (laughs) and alcohol um the boy's name is danny so i didn't i don't (laughs) weird to say my own name Um, isn't it yeah so in the first one the first Amityville, like, there is this, like, the growing, like, the financial tension thing, like, you know, when they're like, I don't know, like, is this house, like, and he's like, well, you know, it's it's on the market for 80000 but it's worth 120 and I was like, wow, housing prices in 79 Oh, God, yeah. Crazy. Look at that. And she goes, Oh, a hundred, you know, eighty thousand might as well be a hundred thousand. I was like, still so affordable. Yeah. Um. And also, no. Yeah. And also, not a dramatic like roundup. Yeah. Like you. No. <laughs> like, like, you're talking about mortgages. Twenty thousand is like you know, if you're not topped out on your budget, that way you could probably make that work. Um. But like, he gets so frustrated with them, and it's like like say like he's just got, actually does have like a, an illness like he got sick and he can't go to work and then so like there's this whole finance thing and then like there's they set up the whole stepdad thing you know where like these aren't his kids and he's kind of like he gets a little frustrated with them sometimes not as much as Bert young gets frustrated with his actual children <laughs> without um, any possession involved and it's kind of like it sets it up where you're like, as far as like the context of that movie, like it all would have had, like he would have been, you know, driven to, like he's just a frustrated guy with like, you know, closing financial, like financial means that are getting thinning and like the bills keep, like he says, some, someone says to him, like the bills keep coming, and it's like that, like tension, like that. So like it would, he would have fucking went nuts with or without, you know, a ghost. The second one everything in that movie would have happened well maybe not every single thing but like would have happened without a ghost like the the immediate like you know Burt Young is a tyrant of a father and everyone is getting frazzled by it like the young children the fucking uh like so even if like a ghost didn't like you know do something at the fucking um in the kids bedroom and paint shit on the walls like there's a dinner scene where like the movie makes you think the whole house shook like there's an earthquake but apparently just the the, the people in the movie can't see that happening <laughs> and the mirror falls and they had just hung it up and immediately just might as well have grabbed sunny by the throat like bart simpson style can we get through one dinner without fighting and it's like oh. but even earlier than that when you know he, he's like basically threatened violence and 
but it's like all right this guy sucks ass like he even the daughter mentions it to the mom family. she's like why is dad such a creep and <laughs> mom's like shh don't be disrespectful she doesn't even say no <laughs> well he's yelling at the other uh the younger kids too and in, in like a way that like i have it made, it made a distinct difference between like what i saw i was like yeah oh yeah this guy he's like hey get away from the edge by the water i don't want it's dangerous over there i don't want to see you there they're a very good Oh, that's dangerous over there. Get away from there. Right? They're like 40 feet from the edge of the dock. But, and he's like, yo. In a way that's like, <laughs> it's that's dangerous. Like, hey, guys, just, you know, stay away from the water. Like, I don't want you to fall in. He's just like, oh, you should know this. Like, they are moving in that day. They've never been there. Um, like, just anything that happens with the children, he seems like he's about to explode. So then Sonny, who's like the oldest and like a bit more like trying to be his own person and enjoy his life a little. And like, so he's being driven by this guy to like this psychological breaking point. Like I don't think he would have seduced his sister if there wasn't a possession <sighs> going on. All right, I, I, I the movie sets it up so it's bound to happen. You know, it's like they're like, oh, if you show a gun in the first act, it has yeah, check on Zinsen. Exactly, exactly. If they flirt in the first five minutes, you'll feel yucky before the end. <laughs> but these movies hit that that like idea just so like this one zeroed in on it and was like basically like let's just set up the most dysfunctional family that's like already hanging on by a thread to like absolutely fall apart with just like a bit more of a push yeah yeah like, that's sunny would have like that killed tracks. his whole family <clears throat> no matter what like he he right they could have moved to colorado and he still would have lit his dad up colorado is the location of the shining i think obviously he would have oh. done <laughs> <laughs> let's go utah los angeles you know but he still would have been the menendez brothers <laughs> <laughs> we can't go to any state man no it would have happened anywhere like you know this is it, i don't know i mean like the little john list all oh like, yeah the family <clears throat> annihilator like but like in like oh perfect little suburbia in the second one you also like you finally see how close the next house is in the first one it seems like they're down this road it's surrounded by trees again <laughs> their neighbors are so effing close and <laughs> yeah. like they are just ignoring what's going on in this house every time so that's what you do man i need one moment where then they go to meet the neighbors and the guy's like hey um could you keep it down at night are you guys good <laughs> grounded psychologically because <laughs> i am tired of it, all right you know you guys are always screaming in the middle of the night and throwing axes and you just fucking stop I go to work every damn day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, should we now? Should we hit up three D? Uh, I think it's time for three D. So I think it's buckle time. up, Dan. Yeah. All right. So Amityville three D came out one year later, one year after Amityville two: The Possession. Uh, so it's nineteen eighty three now. It is also one minute longer than <laughs> Amityville: The Possession at one hundred and five minutes. <laughs> Again, too long. <laughs> um this one had a budget of one million dollars more than the last one at six million dollars uh, um no. but it the gross worldwide uh for 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 the box office for this one was only six million three hundred and thirty three dollars so this movie made about three hundred thousand more than the budget i think it was the 3d right we had to, we gotta blame it on the 3d yeah 
Um, I wonder how much that cost at that time too. Like that, they're like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna do it, guys. We're going 3D." Honestly, uh, it. it must have eaten up a lot you of the budget to. because there was a bunch of 3D shit in this movie. Oh my god, so much! Uh, it was so. It's, this is directed by Richard Fleischer, who is the director of Soylent Green. That's cool. we got I mean, Soylent like, Green guy in here. Had a lot of talent attached. It's funny. Everyone wants to take a swing by at David it. Ambrose. He directed Torah, 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 and. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. The, the one, oh, yeah, the one with Kirk Douglas. Oh, my God, Barabbas? This guy actually is a... He's been around. And Conan the Destroyer was <laughs> up. I mean, the director of the first one directed Cool Hand Luke. Like, yeah. One of the greatest movies of its time. You know, I still really like... Um, I think it holds I mean, up. even the director of the second one was big, just not in America. Yeah, they, like, just pulled a full-on Euro hijacking of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> But Amityville, yeah, and yeah, so, so go on. Amityville man. 3D. Where do we start? <laughs> so this is so basically. Can we start in the first dimension? Um, yes. It's gonna be tough. Uh, so basically, what the what this movie boils down to is it is about um like a two what are they like investigative journalists? Yes, they're they work for um, who are tr- like some kind of publication that is uh based on like exposing hoaxes Mm -hmm. so they roll up to the house uh and kind of disguise themselves as like a uh a grieving husband husband and and wife and uh they're going there to meet the current tenants not owner tenant of the amityville house and uh they they're going there to have a seance performed by the tenants and the tenants are total shysters they have like a guy in an all black like bodysuit floating (laughs) a cloud with a light bulb in it off like a fishing line they have like fake wind noises and like a whole audio setup downstairs and like right in the middle of this seance they kind of break kayfabe and just start taking pictures of everything and like take the take the tenants by surprise and they're like what the fuck are you doing we'll sue you you can't do this and they're like cool our lawyer's right outside we're gonna bring him in and also here's the district attorney so go fuck yourself it was a Dude, sting operation yeah it was <laughs> they had the da yeah. they went in there reverse to catch a predator they had they yeah, had the exactly. da um the uh, who's the other guy that was just I just mentioned their lawyer their their own lawyer and them four people all wearing the same brown trench coat <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah that, those are the detectives well well four identical trench coats not not four, not people, four people in, <laughs> in trench coat. they are although like, honestly with this the way this movie goes if the way this movie goes four people in one trench coat would not be that weird um but I actually did like how it opened up because you didn't know that this was this was a sting operation until it happened. Like you just kind of assumed there was these two grieving parents, and then when the when the the uh, the the girl um what what's her name Melanie, uh, played by Candy Clark from American Graffiti, uh she she like breaks character just so suddenly whips out whips out her like uh big old flashbulb camera and it's just like snap 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 like rapid firing taking photos you see the like and this is when eric was talking about they because like the thing that makes her stop the and break everything is like 
the 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 psychic lady has like summoned like the spirit of her son and it's like this floating pretend cloud (laughs) and that's when the chick like busts out the camera and then you can see like eric said this dude in like a black morph suit just going like oh she caught me (laughs) and he like scurries scurries with his cloud stick off frame (laughs) i think they have a child there on staff too there's like a little girl that goes running out of the room because <laughs> they like because you have her talking into like a little like sort of like tin can on a string a situation yeah <laughs> yeah to do the kid Sorry. voice of the spirit oh, but the i'm happy uh, in heaven but so basically those two people these uh, grifters they get kicked out of the house and now the house is unoccupied and so they, our two main they characters lost their lease over that y- yeah and our our two main characters, oh. Melanie and uh, and John, meet end up meeting up with the the guy who I guess the, the the actual like landlord of the house, who then like sells it to like sells it to John because he's like you know what no one wants to buy this house it was all these murders but like it's such a good price and like John is like well I don't believe any of this you know I'm I'm a skeptic right I but I, I bust these this kinds real of deals. Quick. Does this? I know it's the same house in all of these movies right uh-huh the only thing that guaranteed happened before is the is the defeo murders except for in the second one where it is the defeo manelli whatever murders mm-hmm. do none of no, this this is this is where i get so fucking lost with these movies like <laughs> do any of them assume the lutzes this one yes. doesn't i know there was a lawsuit so number and this is when uh, this is when uh, George Lutz had to admit in testament, like under oath, court, uh, yeah, under oath in recorded documents that uh, he did receive one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this one does touch on the family being there due to a lawsuit between the Lutz family and Dino De Laurentiis over the storyline, which did not involve the Lutz family. Amityville 3D was not initially promoted as a sequel, and the name Lutz was never used in the film. However, the film does make reference to the original Amityville horror story. The character of John Baxter, Roberts, is loosely based on Stephen Kaplan, who at the time was trying to prove the Lutz's story was a hoax. It was planned. It was panned upon release. Yeah, it makes sense. It was panned. I love this one. This one, I think, is my favorite of the three. So the rest of the movie really is just kind of like everyone around John Baxter, the reporter, getting haunted like a motherfucker in the house while he's out of the house. And then he... Yeah, people keep coming to the house while he's not there. Uh, he he moves his <laughs> daughter in. What? Like, Say, what are they doing when the people are? Do they just knock on the door? He's not home, and then they leave. No. So he moves his daughter into one of the spare rooms because he moves into the place. He mentions that his apartment and that's sucks. Lori and yeah, he moves his daughter, who is Aunt Becky, into. Well, yeah, he, he moves his daughter. Aunt he better move in. And uh, well, he's separated from his wife, right? Yes. Uh, but it's it's a lot of like his partner, his like journalism partner is there uh and she gets like haunted by all, all sorts of shit 10 minutes or no say again are they building tension between uh you know the perfectly acceptable pair of john baxter and his partner melanie or that's just totally platonic the whole movie? it seems no, it's pretty totally platonic. platonic yeah it's totally platonic there's no sexual tension there's i'm no going to throw sex- my own chair out of my own <laughs> There's no sex anything in this movie. They went so incest yeah, hard they, on two, they, they were they like, learned, we need to make this sexless. They learned their lesson on the background. 
I read that um, the director of the second one wanted that scene in there specifically to upset the audience. He did, yeah. Like that, this guy is, he's making art. You know, I don't agree <laughs> with it, but like, he's like, he's like, I'm, I want to elicit a response from the viewer. This is not, you don't just gaze upon my work. You must, you will feel something guaranteed from this movie. If it's not the horror I, I want, know, it's the horror I'm pushing onto you. You <laughs> will be upset. I'm okay with that. A lot of people don't like when horror movies like do shock things for shock value, but that doesn't really bother me. Sometimes it's just like, you know, if it's just a random scene of like, why did they pull that guy's fingernails off? That kind of wasn't really the guy's MO. <laughs> You're like, that's upsetting in a way that like they just wanted to get a rise. And it yeah, but I like getting that rise, so I'm not, I still not going to complain. Yeah, but I'd rather if it's like, you know, there. <laughs> <laughs> the thing! Oh, my, fa- my favorite, my the favorite fingernail killer. fingernail taker offer guy, you know. Because <laughs> you keep on the toe cutter. Uh, but yeah so eric is right it's mostly this movie is just people getting haunted in and around uh the presence of tony or tony roberts character john in the house um to a point where the house again kills people from a distance quite often in this movie Mm -hmm. the house Um, stopped believing or yeah, stopped caring about like transitive properties. Like, you know, it's have gotten to way more powerful. In the house first. Like, there's a scene later on where, um, Lori Laughlin's character, his daughter Susan, she goes out. Like, they she has like a little mini party in the house with her friends, and then they go out on the boat and like drive off, and then the mom who i guess is in the, I I don't remember if she why she it just feels like it's okay to go to her ex husband's house and just like hang out there um but she's in the house now and then like a soaking wet Lori laughlin like like quietly like walks through the house and goes back up to her room um and at the same time outside you know john baxter gets home and sees all the friends like pulling the wet corpse of her of his daughter like out of the boat because i guess she just like fell into the water and drowned yes uh and and so one of the rules of horror movies is no one can swim and if they can, yeah. it has to be pointed out in the beginning that he's an excellent swimmer. Well, she was probably a good swimmer, and then the house held her under, you know? Um, the But the Candy Clark's character, Melanie, the, the journalism partner, she gets, like, firebombed in her car oh, from it's amazing. House. She, like, does one of those uh, where she's pulling up behind this, like, truck, and the truck is loaded with, like, long steel pipes, and one of oh, them is God. sticking way out. She runs into the back of it because the brakes don't work. Oh, it's a big 3D, uh, you know, extravaganza where it's coming right right at you. That's a big 3D moment. It comes right through the windshield and goes past her. But then she's somehow pinned in the car and she, like, spontaneously combusts. (laughs) She she lights on fire like no problem. For no reason in movies is my... Yeah, and this one is a big one. But we get a really cool, it's awesome because you get some great, uh, like a great, like slimy looking melty skin skeleton oh, shot to of her husk. after she's like burnt up. Oh, nice. It looks sick. I loved it. Um, there's also a character who's like this, he's played by Robert Joy, um, this Elliot character who is like a paranormal scientist yes. who this oh john's friend dr elliot west yes the movie takes a big swing at the idea of like the philosophies behind objective reality 
to the point where he's doing like sleep uh not sleep uh sense deprivation studies on people and they have this girl who's like goes under for like 52 hours or something crazy and uh <laughs> they they have this big discussion about like how come what I see in the house is nonsense and what you see is total fact? Like, how come everything that you believe is 100% and what I believe is, you know, up for debate? Like, I saw it with my own eyes. A lot of this movie is, I know what I saw! <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, but this movie came out after Altered States, which brought the idea of sensory deprivation to everyone mm -hmm. that watches so that makes sense movies. why that was in there so like i don't know like when you get down the pipeline of like like these have clearly gone more to like a b movie setting by the, by the time you have the 3d third movie you're like all right you're fully in it we're we've gone to the gimmick um, oh also this movie swaps out the um the like murder cubby under the basement stairs like the little red room swaps that out for just a bottomless pit in the it's like over in the center of the basement just a straight <laughs> like never ending pit that, that they're just open they just the leave start. it there it, yeah and then it well it's covered with like shitty it's covered with shitty floorboards and the guy who is trying to sell the house to john like falls through it and is almost about to fall to his I'm assuming death because it looks like this pit never ends and he, like John and Melanie have to like pick him up out of it and he still manages to sell the dude this house like oh don't worry about the bottomless pit it, it's fine you can just put put some put some two by fours over it he the kids will be, be safe bottomless you know that's like like this house has to <laughs> it goes straight to hell <laughs> uh, I mean there was sort no, of a bottomless pit. In the the first one, it became a muck pit. Yeah, it was filled with like you know smuckers though. <laughs> so, yeah, some some I mean, there were dinosaurs. Yeah, so I saw There's a lot of you know, that that made it to like the cutting. I mean, you so, make your jokes, Dan, dinosaurs. but there is a three-toed, uh, clawed, oh, snarling I can see chud in the, in the poster that something's going on yes. here, and I just yeah, because Eric was right. Little China, and I saw that and immediately thought of the like. Uh, what ogre thing from that movie? Yeah, because because Eric is right. The the pit does change from being bottomless to being like a mermaid like like swimming grotto. It's like it becomes filled with this glowing like fucking like crystal clear like emerald green water that like has the the the. I think he has a nightmare that like his daughter's like body is swimming in it at some point. Yes, because you drowned. Because she drowns. But the water drowns? is still yes. actually there. This is after she drowns. Yeah. This is the night she drowns. The water's real. But the water is real, is there. Because then we bring in, eventually we bring in, the you know, our old friend, our friend the scientist. And they're like, we're going to deal with this house once and for they all. They bring 40 like people into this house. They set up a whole command center with screens and like fucking all sorts of you know for the time high-tech thermal imaging cameras and it's like that scene from the conjuring when ed and lorraine bring in that whole team oh i haven't seen yeah the conjuring, but it's way more high-tech than the solutions for both of those but it is very simple yeah all right where does it zelda rubenstein poltergeist mm, where does it fall on that more poltergeist higher tech all right more 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 high tech than that well that house ends yeah. up clean so <laughs> this one does this one is the opposite of clean because um they set up this whole command center right 
and then it all culminates with them like it you know going down to the basement where this pit is and i forget what happens before the big oh it's amazing so they bring in this whole crew right and they have uh the mother who is melanie she's upstairs in her daughter's room after after she's drowned it's nighttime the whole crew is there watching her and all of a sudden this fucking purple grimace fart just like materializes <laughs> and floats down the stairs and everyone's stunned in silence not not dissimilar from the green fart that from was, earlier that was yeah. fake at the beginning of the movie now there's a real purple fart and it wanders its way down well, to the basement fart in act one you're gonna have to use it <laughs> Chekhov's fart Chekhov's got a lot of devices. Right? Uh, but it wanders... They all function the same. <laughs> it wanders They're all down boomerangs. into the basement and then sinks into the well where Melanie has to be, like, held back by her estranged husband. And the scientist is, like, leaning into the well. And he's like, all of a sudden, he's like, you have to hold her back. I'm going to confront the evil. I'm going to draw it out and confront it. <laughs> it has to be me. I'm the main character, is remember? He, is he a scientist or a sorcerer? Uh, who fucking Both. knows? He's a, he's a scientist who wishes he's he was a sorcerer. He's a 70s scientist. So, so he works for Bell? All of a sudden, <laughs> this chud, this like extra from the movie Chud, jumps out and grabs his face and breathes fire <laughs> across the side of his skull and fries this dude and drags him down into the well but no he but so yeah this fucking amazing muppet comes out of this pit at the bottom of this house and yes breathes fire in this guy's face but only scorches off half half his face (laughs) and we get a close-up on this guy with half his face scorched and he lets out this insane high-pitched scream for like a full like five second shot nobody moves screams in these movies I, especially, I, the second one, my God, they hired the mother, that actress, just to yell. She's terrible just at acting. Scream. But she screams. She can scream she like scream. a motherfucker. Like she She's got yell. lungs. Yeah. <laughs> and then it really kicks off to fucking crazy town after that guy gets dragged into the well. The entire house starts well, yeah, like... The, the gig is, the, the gig is, like, the jig is up. Like, it's, you know, like, the, the demon's out of the well. Like he revealed himself. So now, but he only no. But the demon goes back down, and we never see it again. It just it got its guy immediately. Yeah, it immediately goes back down. But then breathes fire on his face. Oh, I see. In Wikipedia, it says and drags him to hell. (laughs) Yeah, presumably. But then it gets crazy because, like, all of a sudden, it turns into like uh the hell's tundra inside the house there's like snow and ice being shot all over the place there are these the crew that's like working with the scientists are getting tossed through every window available 3d all over the place sounds it sounds like it just ends like like the you know the penultimate scene of platoon (laughs) yeah it's suit seriously there's like it, there, it it's almost like like Beauty and the Beast when all the like furniture starts attacking you know the uh, the villagers like that it's like Wait, ki- people are getting killed by bookcases, um, <laughs> people are getting killed by flying scene. bookcases. And a shit. chair flies into and a dude; he goes flying out the window on the second floor. And all these people die. All, oh, you can't just all, pick all up a chair members. and throw it out the window to escape because the chairs. The, the chair fights back. Uh, um, all of this ends in the uh estranged you know husband wife duo running outside with the rest of the surviving crew as the entire house 
blows the fuck up. Yeah, literally <laughs> blows to like that little popsicle diorama they built is is in pieces. They did a, a house explosion in two, but it was like not. It was like a dream sequence. In this one, they literally light it on fire and fucking TNT that motherfucker to toothpicks. <laughs> I mean, when the house comes alive and is just like so stoked that it has possessed um, Sunny in the second one. There's a bunch of random explosions that nobody goes back to. Like when, like I saw stuff breaking and shaking, right? and like you know the the pipes are all breaking, <laughs> and while that's happening, I was like, oh my god, Burt Young is gonna fucking kill him when he gets home. Oh man, uh, and nothing happens. But there's like a couple explosions, like at the Bilko doors to the basement. It's just like, it just <laughs> like where where you're like, well. They just like where they were just like, all right, run out the special effects budget, start doing pyro shit. Like, just yeah, bring the pyrotechnic off. guys in to blow these doors off. They don't even blow like it opens, and then there's like a very centered explosion coming out <laughs> of uh, there, uh, like in a western we should, movie. Like, we should do dynamite. a game at. <laughs> We should do a game at the end of the summer where we pick up one one uh, former resident of a of the house from each movie and then stick them all in a new Amityville house and decide who would win. Ooh, Amityville Survivor. Yeah, we got to see if that's already a movie. <laughs> yeah, I, all right, probably. So far, is. all right. By the time you get to like the werewolves and vampires, I'm not sure, but like in these three, Sunny. Sonny is the one that gets possessed and used and kills. And, like, he's the only one. Like, well, maybe we else, don't Maybe he, we don't draft him from that movie. Maybe we just draft Burt Young. Everyone refuses to be, like, everyone refuses to believe in the ghosts. And even after, they're like, there's definitely ghosts in here. Like, even, like, James Brolin is like, come on, though. Like, get yourself ready. We'll get out of the house for a couple come hours. On, It'll though. be fine. And you're like... <laughs> You guys have both experienced severe, like, high strangeness paranormal stuff. Like, at that point, it's, be like, they both have seen, I think, the pig. So, like, at that point, it's beyond, like, yeah, you know, doors close, breezes happen in rooms that don't have windows. Did the pig, did the pig make an appearance in three, Eric? I don't no, remember seeing No, no pigs it. in three. No, it no did, pig in this one. It, it drew itself, second one. So. In the second one, yeah. No, I think that this one that is counts. most decidedly... Uh, the one that says, you know what, we're going to turn away from some of this lore to make our own movie, and it sets them on a path that blazes a trail down the rest of these movies. Which is why yeah, true. all this really of was these the turning point. don't really connect to each other, because most of them were made by completely different production companies and studios. Because I read something where it's like, because the DeFeo murders actually happened, because 112 Ocean Avenue, it's funny because I live 112 on my street. Um, not Ocean Avenue, though, and I'm not. Um, 112 Ocean yourself. Avenue actually exists, and, like, murders did happen there. Like, it is, no one owns that story, especially considering, like, all the DeFeos are dead. Like, no one owns, no one owns the story. Yeah. So you can do anything and say it's, oh, it's at 112 Ocean Avenue, Amityville, like, and for, with no consequence. Right. The Lutzes had, like, some, like, you know, stuff with the book, the first book, and then, like, the first, I mean, up until this. Like, this is the last movie that they had any, like, say or, like, that they were able to be a pain in the ass about because – finally came out they were paid they there's nothing they like they gave up the rights to this story essentially yeah so that's why like in this one the house blew up and then like <laughs> you know and the other one like there was a masonry wall at the bottom of the stairs with a red room and a fucking pit to 
oil. Like they actually made money, probably. <laughs> we struck oil. <laughs> right here on Long Island. Yeah, that just <laughs> solved his money problems. That's why it was a bottomless pit in the third. The fucking new owner probably came in and was like, let's pump this baby dry. <laughs> yeah, they finally got a sump installed and got it pumped out. But they still had a leaky. I like the guy that goes under the stairs, like under the house, the first one. Or in the second oh, one. Oh, that dude's so funny. Oh, he goes, she goes, what's on you? He's like, shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, I, there's stuff, there's mud and flies. That's the guy water. I was talking about before. He, he was like, he's like a handyman. I think he's like unloading some shit from their moving car. And he's like, he's oh, you want me to go check company. out this crawl space? And she's like, yeah, sure. He crawls we'll in there. There's a whole other room down here. Yeah. He gets accosted by spider webs and falling shit from the ceiling. And you would think he's being sucked into quicksand the way he does nothing to get himself out. I think he's overwhelmed by the smell. This is the problem is there's a lot of smell-based horror in these movies. <laughs> and you can't smell the TV without smell vision Holy shit. How did we make that fucking full circle on smell vision yeah, I'll bring it back. It, where it always where do you where do you want to drive Eric. this thing? Because I can get us there. <laughs> How do you want to connect? I think we this? want to drive it to the finish line on these first three Amityville movies. Is where we want to go. It's <laughs> not easy. There's too much. You can take this apart for a while. So, unfortunately, Dan not seeing the third. Do you have a preference of these first two? Because I know mine is definitely the second. I I really enjoyed the second. The second one tells the fullest, like, story, no matter how yucky it is. <laughs> um, the first one just doesn't, it's not, it's the lamest haunted house. Yeah. But it does set up, it, it is, like, one of the first of, like, I can appreciate it for being, like, one of the first that set up the, moder- the modern haunted house story. Yeah. Because, like, it's not like they're like, yeah, they're living in the house, and then, you know, they invited a spirit in, and it's weird. Like, it's always, like, a couple moves to the new house. Things are hidden from them, and, like, the entity exists. Like, there's usually a, a concealed history, you know? Like, this movie, its function is, like, what sets up for poltergeist and stuff, and gets away from the old haunted house formula, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite movies it's literally just called the i think it's the dark old house or the old dark house i mixed the two up i know i said it's one of my favorites um, <laughs> which is this other thing which is the like it's the spooky castle uh yep formula where it's like people mm. on the road and then have to pull over for the night and like oh well it's it's exactly what um rocky horror like eviscerates with the like there's a light on <laughs> over in the frankenstein place like it is that yeah like oh, yeah. no it's raining too hard where are we like well, the only house that I can see is the scariest, for some reason, German castle in America. <laughs> um, it's great because like there's not really something supernatural going on in that movie, and it's also a pre-Hayes um, Code movie, so there's some like cool stuff for it being a black and white thing. What about you, Matt? You got a you got a favorite of the three? Oh yeah, the third one, absolutely my favorite. I'm not surprised. <laughs> um, the third I, one? I, oh I, god, you just the third it. one was. <laughs> The third one, the third one was just so stupid and fun. The 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 end really, the climax just really had me like rolling on the floor laughing. Was it the flying swordfish that almost killed the main oh, character? Oh, the three D flying oh swordfish, fuck. dude! You guys didn't mention that. <laughs> I for, how could I? <laughs> I changed my, my mind. I'm back. We gotta leave some meat on the bones. 
You lost me, and you found me again. <laughs> I was watching it with Spooky Fiance, and I saw that swordfish, and I was like, that swordfish is coming for these characters, Heather. You, you Check off swordfish? <laughs> <laughs> no, there wasn't even enough time for, for Chekhov to get in on the swordfish. Things start moving around in the house, and they just kind of glance past the swordfish, like, that's moving, that's coming <laughs> off the wall. That's There's no uh, way that's staying nailed up. Nothing stays nailed up in this house. That's exactly yeah, what Yeah, the movie was mostly not 3D. Um, un uh, until the end, and then everything was 3D. I'd say the only other really notable <laughs> nice 3D is, like, there's a crazy fly scene that ends up killing the original uh, owner, or not the original, the, the current owner. The landlord. The landlord, yeah. There's, like, a, a fly scene that is pretty much exactly what I want the first fly scene to be, where he is just fucking smothered in dead flies, and, like, they're all 3D. So There's many There's, like, 3,000 flies in this fucking room by comparison to the first one. Yeah. Uh, well, so a lot I, longer I, to build up this to, course. <laughs> they had more... They, they had a slightly bigger budget for beer and... and, and sugar water. Uh, sugar water. Sugar water. <laughs> but, uh... But, but, yeah, I think this, uh... The third one's my favorite. It's definitely, like, the worst one, um... So if so I had to far, pick out of the two, if I, if so I, far, well, yeah, Amityville Karen is on the way. Yeah, if I had to pick, a, you know, going on the first two, which I think are probably better, slightly better movies, um, I think I'd pick number one. Uh, really, because number two, the only really reason I would, I remember it, or, and still would remember it, is because of the crazy incest scene, and like that's like, you know, it was certainly interesting, but like not enough for me to be like, ah, what a great movie, you got to watch this one. But there's definitely stuff that happens in the first one that I think is fun. Um, and also, like you said, it's like the one of the like originators of like the ha modern haunted haunted house movie. So like, I, yeah. I think the I think it's worth a watch more like like also for the history of it. I think the second one was like, I mean, I guess we can watch Bert like beat his family with the belt. That's always fun. But uh, I the second one just the action builds so quickly. Like they they don't like. Like, the first one has just some slow tension building, and mm -hmm. like, okay, all right, you know, things are getting tougher. The first one is just, like, you, you're you kind of hoping, you're like, God, I hope he fucking kills Bert. I, I nobody like kills, the... If Bert Young makes it to the end of this movie, I'm <laughs> quitting. <laughs> yeah. I, I also like the, the as we discussed, the sort of, like, Jack Torrancey arc of, of James Brolin's character. Like, I think it, I don't know, I think it's more interesting to watch than, like, watch, watch the son in the second movie put on some prosthetic face wear and then just go to town on the family like eh, it's it's cool but i think i like the first one more i feel like these movies also follow a similar arc to the first and second nightmare on elm street i think there's <laughs> oh. a lot drawn there like hmm. because the first one is like kind of like a well, what's going on here and like it definitely builds so much more violent movie um because it's not tied to reality whatsoever. But then the second one, I mean, the second Nightmare on Elm Street is just, you're, it's, you watch it and you're like, oh, this is about homosexuality. Like, this guy is, like, the main character. Like, he's gay and he doesn't know how to come out. And so, for some reason, it's fucking Freddy Krueger. Like, this second one, it's like, what, like, what is this, like, weird, like, sexuality thing, like, undertone on this, like, in, like, what is the worst morality play ever? <laughs> You're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to learn from this. Don't hit your kids. I think that's a pretty good takeaway from all of these. If Just don't you hit your kids. You need to watch this <laughs> to learn that. 
<laughs> you are an imbecile. Hey, there are plenty of Burt Youngs out there still. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I wouldn't go to the Amityville movies for your uh, parenting lesson. I have this question though: Is Nightmare on Elm Street three three D? I think I think which one? Dream Warriors. I don't know if yeah. Dream I was gonna Warriors say, isn't three Dream Warriors? I know um the fifth Freddy's Dead total. No, they didn't do three D in this. That's incredible. Well, you know, if you want to get up to those sixteen, seventeen <laughs> sequel range, you know, you gotta you gotta be brief. Hey, you gotta throw 3D in somewhere. Yeah, well, instead of doing 3D, they did, um, they had, uh, the heavy metal band Duck. (laughs) (laughs) Good enough. So that's why, that's why New Line fucking believes 3D there. I mean, they got to it. Eventually. eventually. You gotta. These Marvel movies started popping out of the screen. Do they still, are they still making, are we still making 3D movies? Oh, yeah. Perhaps you heard of this fucking movie. I don't know. No, I don't know how it. Avatar 2. <laughs> now, you know, the is that... the Avatar 1. Now, what, you know, what was that about? James Cam- It was whaling. <laughs> it was an anti-whaling campaign, actually. Which, I have a friend that I work with who's, like, from the Nantucket area, the center of whaling, and he saw it and was outraged. And he was like, it turns into this whole fucking anti-whaling campaign. I was like, I don't know why you're against that, but I hear you. <laughs> like, like, I don't know where James Cameron gets off. <laughs> he wants to spend the rest of his life on this garbage. Oh. And he will. Well, I, I think that's it for our, our first installment of Amityville Summer. Yeah, pretty good. Solid, solid three movies. Uh, I think this is the best we're going to get, you know, in terms of actual actual quality filmmaking. <laughs> now, that's not to say we ain't going to enjoy some other ones more, but, you know, it's but, it's going to be know, it's going to be a nice summer. Statistically speak. <laughs> it does not. Just based on a, just based on Metacritic. Uh, it's going to go here. down. And then you're going to get to the Ryan Reynolds one and you're going to be like, oh, all right, this one was good and has this influence from modern horror movies. And then it goes back down again. Yeah, right back down again. So then, like, are you going to do a uh, Hellraiser fall and just watch all of those innumerable movies? Because there's more than I thought there. You can't just World's our oyster. Series, you'll fucking lose it. But, uh, yeah. You got, any, uh, you got any final cuts for us, Dan? We're looking for any type of recommendation or anything you've seen lately that you'd like to to touch on in the horror sphere? On the in the horror sphere, um, I don't know. I I've got some hot takes about Ari Aster. That- oh, uh oh. <laughs> All right, well, maybe we'll have you back for uh, for Bo's Afraid. afraid. <laughs> I just think the point of like all right so in the end of a horror movie like you know how morality plays are really annoying where you're like well virgin annoying <laughs> if you get to the end and it's like the whole thing was just an allegory for grief and when the person finally resolved they're like oh you know what i do need to let go and now the babadook went away like what the fuck is that he didn't went away he lives he's not away he lives in the basement yeah but he's not killing him anymore he's not like a a a, a <laughs> absolute bastard living in their house just raining terror upon them and myself at any moment <laughs> that movie scared the shit i hate that little guy what about you matt what you mean i got very young in my basement still so what's the worm budget like? um i i don't have too much in the in in the way of final cuts uh this week uh what, what last time i talked about i was playing green hell which i'm still working my way through um 
it's become less scary uh, because I've finally started to be able to survive. So that's been kind of fun. Um, I did finally start. I got my copy of uh, of the stand uh, in the mail. Uh, oh so wow, God! I'll I be saw starting that on your Instagram, and I was like, be, "Well, good fucking luck." I'll be starting that one, and it's the it is the I I was originally looking because because again I'm I'm reading all of his books in publication order. Uh, oh, God, I would I was gonna get the I was trying to find the original printing because the one I have now is the like the one that he came out with like ten years later, which is like the complete and uncut edition, which add it adds like hundreds of extra pages and stuff. Uh, but apparently it also like changes like the, the the real the flow of the story pretty fundamentally too. So I was trying to find the original one, but it's like you can only find used copies for like like upwards of like 50 60 bucks and I was like well, I'm not paying that much money. Yeah, I'll just read the fucking I'll read the one he, he put out later. Is Grey Hill incident available on Xbox? That's my <laughs> Oh. I I should pick up Grey Hill incident. I heard that game is it it's looks a, a, a really hot, good. I thought it, I was like, is that the alien? I was stoked one? for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes place in the early '90s for no reason. I think like time travel, <laughs> just to make it so that cell phones aren't there. I get it. So you can't just be like calling out the crazy like, "Yo, bro, the fucking aliens are here." I saw I Come saw like a me. screenshot from it, and it it reminded me of the McPherson tapes. Have you seen that one, Dan? It's like a it's it's a '80s like a late late '80s, uh, early '90s found footage uh about like grays dude you made me watch that movie one day so so weird but i kind of kind of goofy kind of funny worth looking at have you ever watched or read chariots uh chariot chariots of the gods i've heard a lot about it oh my god the book is it's like the first mainstream but also just like you know trade paperback that was just like it's with like ancient alien theory love it and it's like i mean the documentary it's almost always available it's like it's like you turn on you're like is this pbs and it's like the pbs version of late night uh history channel oh my god i'm looking at my queue it's it's in my queue right now oh yeah all right (laughs) i'm hanging up and you're putting that on like let's go All right, we're going to roll right into a live stream of us watching yeah, live stream. Uh, Jane of the Gods. You guys uh, would have missed it. For like five seconds. You guys would have missed it. The, the VOD is up, though, so you can go watch that. But no, I think that's it for, for this week. A successful start to Amityville Summer. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you for joining us, Danny. Um, you guys can, as always, uh, you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at the Devil's Cut Pod. Check out the link tree. Uh, the link for the Discord's in there. Um, the link all, for the Twitch. All of that will be down below in the description for the episode. Yeah, and yeah, always ca- uh, Mondays and Thursdays we stream on Twitch uh, at eight o'clock every Monday and Thursday. So catch us there. Uh, and I think that I think that's it. So From all of us to you. Say goodbye to Danny. Man, say goodbye, to Danny. Bye, Danny. Work. We're off to Am- we're off to our vacation in Amityville. See you in September. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Creep it real. I've listened to enough that I was like, oh, and then when does the music start? <laughs> <laughs>